Welcome back to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 620 being recorded on March 17, 2021. I'm Sebastian Peake. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. <clears throat> I'm Brett Van Spruenberg. I decided to grow my beard back in this morning. How's that? How am I doing? Hey. Just, just, started, just started today. Just started today? I, it, this morning. I just said, you right. know what? I'm going to grow this. I'm going to we'll grow this it baby out. out. We'll check okay. it next week. All right. This is three days of growth. Four, maybe? <laughs> Hold on. Let's see. <laughs> That's four days of growth? That is baby smooth. It's, it's, I'm almost 50 years old and I can't grow facial hair. I can grow a little you bit. You see, that like it's a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. Shaving every morning but, is kind of a pain. But I'm only 17. Yeah, I right. just started, just held my breath and just, just pushed it out this morning. So yeah, that's what I got going on. It's disturbing. Hey, you so can- better than Alan who you could watch it grow. That's true. Yeah. true. You, you could hear it actually. Who's a hairy yes. man. Um, <laughs> you can subscribe to- be alerted when we go live for events like this weekly podcast recording session by going to pcper.com slash subscribe. And you can go to patreon.com slash pcper to support PC Perspective and Absolutely. become a patron of the PC Perspective Black Arts. Uh, we don't have any news on that front, do we, Brett? You know, we don't, but that just means there's a space left for you. And you know who you are out there. Your name here. Right. So, you could become internet right. famous. Pledge something to PC Per. Mm-hmm. We read out your name and whatever silly message you put in place of a name within certain right. limitations. But, you know. But our and that's more valuable parameters than are, we're really wide with what we, you know, will tolerate, so... That's just yeah, we're, we'll do almost anything for money. I think is almost. what we're trying to say. True. Yeah. And, yeah. All right. Uh, I was going to say, speaking of desperation, but no, speaking of things that are the opposite of desperation, Josh Walrath and Laramie Wyoming every week mm. enjoys a delightful special meal. Josh, please tell us more. Light, very light meals. Mm-hmm. I mean, almost dieting in this case. Yeah, this was a big one. This was, uh, I couldn't finish it. And uh, that rarely happens. But it was just too much. It was. This one is called The Golden Harp. In remembrance or or honor of uh, St. Patrick's Day. Two corned beef patties. Four ounce piece, so half a pound of corned beef which is pretty damn salty. Hence, corned beef. But anyway, uh, top that with onion rings. Well, let me, let me get my picture out uh, so I can remember exactly what it is. Golden Harp, you've heard that. Okay, two four-ounce corned beef patties. Guinness beer cheese. So that gravy-looking stuff is is a melted, mixed cheese with Guinness. Onion rings, and topping it all off is a potato cake. Swear that thing was a pound. I, I had to take it out of the box, I put it on a plate, and I used a fork and a knife. And I could only get three-quarters of it down with maybe about three-quarters of the fries, if even that. 
and then I was just bursting and I couldn't eat it anymore. And I don't think that I'm going to have to have salt for another three <laughs> weeks now. But it was I'm worth Irish it. Of you. Yeah. Yeah. Good on you, man. Yeah. That looks I noticed heavy. You, you titled it's this one a little rare. messy. Oh, man. Yeah, that's why I had to get the uh, the knife and fork out. Mm. Potato, potato pata wasn't uh, wasn't doing great wonders for keeping things together, and uh, that uh, that cheese sauce was was all over the place. So, yeah, tasty, super filling. Glad they offer it once a year. So you brought a knife and fork to a burger fight. Exactly. <laughs> We interrupt this broadcast for a uh, recent uh, Patreon edition. Uh-oh. Um, hang on. I just got the notice. So, uh, <laughs> yep, I'm going to read this one. Okay. Um, actually, I'm, I have to be careful about how I read this one, and you'll know why after I say it. Uh, a popular voice assistant's name, starting with A, buy Josh a diaper for that burger. Yes, a diaper. <laughs> Yeah, that, that that cheese looks bad, but tastes really good. Top story this week, obviously. Here it is, the reference card in all of its glory. There's a plant back here. You know, it, it's the 6700 XT, guys. Get excited. It's the new smaller Navi. Millions of transistors. Hey, look, yeah, it said twenty six point five million transmit transistors, so half the size of a uh, GeForce three. Pretty cool, huh? But I mean, talking yeah, GeForce two size. We're talking, uh, you know, seven nanometer. So obviously, smaller manufacturing process, fewer wait, transistors, wait. right? <laughs> Before you move on, have <laughs> have you noticed and given credit to the forty five degree devil may care angle? The rackishness of it, the pure, unadulterated fun of turning your die 45 degrees. I think it's from an artistic standpoint, I, I like it. It stands out. Yeah, it does. A happy I think they've accident. Made a, they've, they've made a quality move with, with that because a lot of people are going to notice. Mm-hmm. Well, it, 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 uh, it minimizes uh, trace route from the bumps to, you know, underneath the, uh, the, the, the chip. To typically, you know, what's on the bottom of the substrate. Josh, no one wants to know the Does real that reason. Make sense? It's, just, it's just artistic. That's way too smart uh, for for me. But <laughs> anyway, it's here. Uh, the performance numbers are out. Have any of you looked at any of the reviews that are out there for this? Because I could yeah. I could sum it up in I a sentence. It's between it's between a thirty sixty Ti and a thirty seventy. There you go. End of review. Always. Uh, yeah, sometimes it's most of pretty much sometimes, much. It's, sometimes it's pretty close to a thirty sixty Ti, like within a frame per second or something. Hey, hey you know what's AMD... pretty cool about it though? What is that? Uh, essentially, it is mostly the same specs as a fifty seven hundred XT, but with lower memory bandwidth. And but it outperforms that significantly. Do you think the insane gpu clocks have anything to do with that josh yeah it might have a small amount i mean there's obvious architecture things but going up to 2.4 2.5 gigahertz that's mm -hmm. 2.6 
Bob well, Boos. And, and observe. Nice. Nice. And a very, very close to die Infinity Cash, of course. And, yeah. No, 96 yeah. megs of that, yeah. 96. Yeah, it's shrunk yeah. a little bit, but right. still. So, yeah, the, because this is a new, smaller GPU, this is not a cut-down version of the previous GPU, you have, it's a, it's a narrower memory bus, you don't have as much of the Infinity Cash. But... Uh, frame rate consistency was was good, it, and I think there's a reason that they are targeting 1440p. It, you know, you have less cache, you have less memory bandwidth, so target 1440 instead of 4K. There was a lot of marketing around 4K with the original 6800 and 6900 launch, because you have 16 gigabytes of memory, and they're much more powerful GPUs. Although, really, if you start looking at some of the results, this is not a weak GPU, but it's it's getting closer to mid-range. It's, but it is. It's as you mentioned. It's almost the same specs as a 5700 XT. It's still 40 CUs, same number of streaming processors. It's just, you know, it's got more memory. <clears throat> much more memory. 12 gigs versus eight. But mid-range is now bandwidth though. A lot true, less. But mid-range, as you're saying, is now 20 plus percent over 5700 XT spec. 20, 30 yeah. percent, right? Yeah. Now, if you look at you know, just a synthetic, here's time spy extreme. The 6800 XT is just below a 3060 Ti in this particular test. That did not end up being indicative of actual gaming benchmarks like Metro Exodus. Where, oh, it actually gets smaller when I zoom in. Isn't that nice? Um, here you have it a little bit above the 3060 Ti, but not much. We're talking like 82 to 84 frames per second and then about six to eight frames per second above that you'll have the 3070 so it's it seemed to lag a little bit further behind the 3070 that i was expecting and oh yeah i was going to mention that that was amd's big comparison they were really placing it up against the 3070 in in their pre-release hey here's where we land yeah and admittedly a couple of these games right here the first two play better on nvidia if you go to the division two uh, that's a little bit more of an AMD-friendly game. And that's... Eh, I mean, there's still a, a 10 frame per second gap between the 3070 and the 6700 60, XT. But... Yeah, and it's almost dead even. This was actually the worst example for it in this. I was expecting Division 2. Oh, it's it's a AMD game. No, it's tied with 3060 Ti. And... Far Cry 5 was a different story. Far Cry 5 at 4K, ultra HD textures enabled, all of a sudden, it's faster than our 3070. So it really depends on the games. If I'd run Dirt 5, if I'd been able to, because ever since a forced update that improved performance, which necessitated retesting all the graphics cards, uh, frame view doesn't work anymore. It crashes Dirt hmm. 5 every single time. And I was like starting the process of using OCAT instead, and I just gave up on it because I had to retest so many cards. So I'm guessing Far Cry 5 and Dirt 5 would be the best examples of this, where you could actually beat a 3070. But in some of the games, it's right there with a 3060 Ti. But, you know... What's what's the MSRP of a 3070 again? 499 In, you know, this imaginary In world. theory. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the thing. It's all academic. This is 479. I didn't really love that price because it's right in between Nvidia's 400 and 500 dollars cards. So you'd think, oh, it should be 449. Well, it, that is, it's, there's no point. It's 
Well, the next one we'll talk about here in a moment. I'll just quickly go through, but total power draw, 6700 XT. It's drawing more power than a 5700 XT, at least in this particular setup. But I mean, it's within six watts. This could have just been, you know, inconsistencies in setup and, you know, the, the moon and the stars, who knows? Six watts is a bunch of lights. Yeah, could have been. <laughs> Could have been the difference between, I can't remember actually, was I using case fans <laughs> with the, who knows? Hmm. But yeah, it's basically a wash. Pulls about the same amount of power as a 6700 or 5700 XT, but has significantly better performance. So it's, it's a win, except you probably can't buy one. You can go to amd.com and buy this exact version of it. Their reference version will be available direct. And uh, that's tomorrow? Yeah. Tomorrow, yeah. Or is it next week? I thought hmm. it was going on sale tomorrow. Well, that's what I understood is that you've got a couple of seconds tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and what you do is you go up there and you go onto the side and you keep hitting refresh until you get one, and then you post screenshots to uh, you know Twitter and uh, enjoy all the attention. But only so if you're an our executive guys. with the company, yeah, which yeah. people will really appreciate. So anyway, here's the card you can't buy tomorrow. Uh, it's surprisingly light. This is. It it looks like from the side, it 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 looks like the sixty eight hundred, but it is a smaller card. It's a lighter, smaller cooler, two fans instead of three. I did show the card a little bit more in the review. You can check it out pcpro.com if you want to look at the reference card in in great detail. Mm-hmm. But we had another review go up a little oh, bit ago. Be- before go you move on, mm-hmm. I just wanted to say that I liked everything about that. The design of the card, except for the Team Rocket logo, really, on the side. I kind of like that. that. You like the giant R? Let's see. I think it's too much. I mean, there's R's in the fans, and I don't know. I just think it's a little bit overdone. I like the design, (sighs) except for the the R's, a little bit too bold for me. I think it was Video Cards who pointed out on Twitter that the center between the two fans is essentially an X. So it is RX. And then the R's on the fans, those could be Radeon. And revolutionary. And think about it. Revolutions, fan, oh. fan spinning around. Mm-hmm. You've I like put some thought into this. this, haven't you? No, I just made you, all you that You did. Up. You... Well, it was good. So that's the reference card. Uh, all right. I didn't go too heavily into thermals, but that's because I did thermal testing with the next review, knowing that I had an aftermarket card to compare it to. But, uh, hey, what happens if you take that exact same GPU and you give it a little bit of a factory overclock and a much larger and more effective cooling solution? And you have what I call Nitro Cold Brew, which is the Sapphire Nitro Plus version of the card, which is, you know, exactly the same as the RX 6800 Nitro Plus that I looked at as far as the cooler. It's the same, uh, was it, Tri-X... Cooling solution, yes, which has all sorts of delightful features you can read about. Even has dedicated memory and VRM cooling, standalone memory VRM cooling module, which does not just cool the memory and MOSFETs, but also the chokes, guys. Mm. You have to remember to cool your chokes. Of and course. You can see has this nice backplate. This is a lighted Look at logo all those right here. Caps. Yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy? And a pass-through. I guess this is kind of the standard Wonderful. now. Everybody has that Wonderful. pass-through 
flow through design. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Bio switch. Oh yeah, sure. This one still using a stock eight plus six pin connection. I've seen dual eight pins with some aftermarket boards. Sapphire makes their own layout. They do their own designs, right? I assume so. Yeah. I think this is a custom thing. But hey, it's custom. They could have custom cooling. Done anything. And of course, I, I talk about Trick software. If you're if you have a Sapphire card, get their software because this has the easiest to configure um, resolution scaling thing. You just pick a resolution scale; it defaults to eighty five percent. You activate your in game resolutions, which are now like you know that resolution scale based on whatever. So if a four K display goes down to thirty two sixty four by eighteen thirty six, it also gives you a handy toggle to turn on Radeon image sharpening, and then you just go into your game and select. That resolution, that new resolution you just came up with will show up as one of your monitor resolutions. And it works great. And you can't, I cannot tell at 85% that I'm doing like resolution scale. It's not DLSS, but it's nice. Uh, real quick, the one, this is basically a frame per second faster than reference. So it's not too exciting. But in the Division 2 of all things, the game where it was tied with the 3060 Ti before at 119 frames per second. This Sapphire Nitro Plus takes that up to 125 frames per second and splits the difference between the uh, 3060 Ti and the 3070. So five frames per second, almost six more in one benchmark. I thought I'd done something wrong until I remembered, hey, Division 2 is a game where the menu runs your GPU 100% all the time. So... There is no cooldown between benchmark runs unless you totally kill the app. So this is one where I always completely saturate the GPU coolers. And this one uh, was staying cool, even through that, you know, menu. It's one of the toughest tests. It's just a freaking menu. But anyway, total power draw on this card. The reference, remember, was uh, a little... It was about tied with a 5700 XT. We're talking 329 watts total system power draw with a 3900... X and an 80 plus gold PSU. Then you have the Sapphire at 359. So that's not, it's 24 watts for an overclock card with a bigger cooler on it. But here's the really interesting thing. The load temps. Now, if you can follow this, yellow and orange, I tried to pick complementary colors. Yellow on the chart represents the reference GPU temp. And then orange is the hotspot, which is higher. And the reference card, this is a short test. I was only doing one benchmark run of Metro Exodus. It was hitting 94 degrees hotspot. And the GPU itself was about 78. It would just continue to climb in longer uh, workloads. Then the Nitro Plus, same exact condition, same roughly 24C ambient air. It was only getting up to about 59C. And then the hotspot was what do I have here? Hotspot was only 83. So significantly cooler with the same GPU. So just right there alone, you're going to get some higher sustained clock speeds. But there's a price attached, but again, meaningless. I said it's uh, they're they're expecting pricing on this to be 579. That's a hundred dollar premium. Seriously? Mm. But mm. it doesn't matter. <clears throat> I mean AMD might as well be selling theirs for five seventy nine. When these actually hit the street, True. they're going to be eight nine hundred dollars. 
Uh, yeah, what like is, a 6900 XT is uh, 1500 to $2,400, depending on the uh, day. That blows. How much is the non-XT? 6800 XT, uh, 6, XT, I think, was 1199 and then 999 for a 6800 last time I saw it. Yeah. I mean, it's just ludicrous. So if this is just a couple hundred dollars premiums. less. Yeah. You're the, playing Canadian MSRP. Yeah. <laughs> but in American dollars, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I don't even know what to yeah. say anymore. I, I feel like I I feel anxiety about doing a GPU review anymore. Like there's trepidation in spades. Like I, I, this is going to be received with nothing but negativity. I'm super cynical myself. I, it's just, it's it's not a pleasant thing to like, here's another GPU you can't buy and the MSRP means nothing. And so I, yeah. you have to just throw the value argument out the window is what I said in the review. You just, if you can find it for a price you're willing to pay, you'll like it because it runs really cool. It's very quiet. I, I need to come up with some kind of a passive CPU cooling system because the last time I tried to do a Nitro Plus GPU, I did the 6800. I think what I ended up doing was just turning off my liquid cooler so that uh, I was running passive just long enough to get a GPU benchmark in without overheating the CPU so I could do my SPL meter without having the CPU cooler drown out the GPU. That's how quiet these are. They're like 34, 35 decibels under load. So... It's it's a very yeah you know it, it seems to me that that if you really want a new graphics card, partner up with somebody who's willing to pitch in and just buy a system, and you give your buddy your old GPU and you upgrade to whatever one you get, like a thirty seven hundred or thirty seventy or whatever on the AMD side, because uh, otherwise you just the only time you're going to get anywhere close to MSRP is uh, getting a pre-built from, you know, AMG, HP. I don't know if you can still get them from Dell anymore. I know HP had something like 27 SKUs with a higher-end uh, graphics card, and, and uh, by the end of last week, there were three that were actually available. I mean, it's just it's it's nuts. So yeah, that's that's going to be your best bet, uh, or try to do the shuffle. And the shuffle today was absolute crap on Newegg. Um, the prices were way high for getting a thirty sixty. It was like five hundred and forty dollars for the cheapest one, mm. and uh, mm. it only goes up from there. Uh, Seven hundred bucks for a thirty sixty Ti. Yeah, no. I, th- by the way, HP, and I have it pulled up here just to show people because I mentioned this I think last week. You were talking about it, yeah. HP Omen, because Dell is out the window. The last couple of times I've gone to Dell, it's around two to three thousand dollars just to get a system with like a a discrete graphics card of any value. Their cheapest thirty seventy pre-configured system was thirty two hundred dollars. HP, now these are not shipping immediately, but you can go and configure one of these systems. So here's one for two thousand dollars. It has a thirty ninety in it. I mean that's that's like eight hundred dollars below the cheapest thirty ninety on eBay. Last time I looked, it, they were going for like twenty eight hundred bucks. I mean, I hate it, but you're not wrong. Yeah, I mean, eight hundred dollars and you get a sixteen fifty super. But hey, at least you're getting a discrete card. Eight mm. uh, Dell for a thousand dollars, you're just getting Intel processor graphics. Hey, at least they discontinued all the blower model thirty nineties, and that's probably you know got a better cooler in it 
Yeah. Unless... Uh, I've seen some pictures because I wanted to know yeah. what they had in these things. And apparently it's like yeah. a dual fan yeah. okay. system. But hey, it's free shipping, $2,000. When does it actually ship, though? Because I think these are at least a month or two out. Uh, Still might be worth it. Mm-hmm. Ships on 4-15-2021. So in about oh, a month. I can't imagine... Yeah, I can't imagine the situation changing in only a month. So, you know, if you really want one, maybe Josh has got the formula for that. Yeah, get, like Josh said, get a friend. If they, hey, do you want a CPU? Do you want this weird case it ships in? Like, hey, you can have that stuff (laughs) in the power supply. I just want the graphics card. I'll give you my old card. You give me the new one. There we go. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. I I mean, he's going to help pay and just... Give him the old graphics yeah, card. Here's the system. I just, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you saved me money. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's it's like not only saving the money, it's like you can have it at all. So that's kind of the, unless you really want to really overpay on, you know, eBay. I sent a note, a picture into the Discord earlier today from a, uh, one of the new 6700 XTs already on eBay from a European seller. It was um, mid high $800 bid? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> it was an MSI model, or no, Gigabyte model. It was a Gigabyte uh, model. Triple fan, 897, one bid already on it. The the dual threat, the twin evil forces of scalpers and miners are going to make this mm. at the same as every other launch in the last, I don't know, ever since Bitcoin started to explode again. And I, yeah, I we saw Bitcoin 1.0 was bad. This is so much worse than the first to go around. I was telling my wife, like, hey, Bitcoin fell. It's like it's like $53,000. This was, I think, yesterday. <sighs> and I hadn't looked Big at change. it at all. And then I look at it tonight before the podcast. It was at 59 again. So hmm. these cards are not going to be available. Are you guys as excited as I am about another announcement for Intel 11th Gen before the card? We did this last week. The CPUs are available. I know. I don't. I saw that they were. Uh, the embargo was up on the 16th for news. It's like, why? Do people already have reviews up. Gamers Nexus was teasing the fact that they bought one from that same German outlet and they're working on refining their testing before they release their early review. Anontech, of course, released a review early. And Dr. Ian. And has a gone revised back. review. Yep. Gone back and retested with new microcode. So th- this is a product that's already at some of the most influential biggest outlets and yet we're still what almost two weeks away from reviews yeah 30th so anyway so you uh, know Ryan picked a hell of a time to go to Intel because his plate is really really full my condolences it's He's, he likes, he's earning his money. He likes the challenge. You know, he recruited yeah, Justin yeah. Long to do commercials. It's all good. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. Um, yeah. But hey, hey, let's get all get excited. Just want to show this visual. Intel 11th Gen Rocket Lake, now official. I thought they already were, but now we have pricing at least. So let's look at that. Let's talk yeah. about the pricing. It's, it's officialer. Where is the chart? Okay, here we go. There's yeah. There's another chart below this one too for the eleven six okay. when you want it. So the high end SKU, the i nine eleven nine hundred K, which is the you know eight core sixteen thread processor, 
125 watts. That one is going to be 539. That's RCP pricing. That's like tray price, 1,000 units. That's yeah, tray price. Yeah. yeah. So, so is it, what is it more? Be? It'll be like it's 569. 10 10%. <sighs> Or is it twenty uh, percent over? I, I feel think? like they will be discounted at retail. They have to be, because you'll have an, I don't a, an think AMD they have product to right now. Well, if the fifty eight hundred XT is widely available and that's eight cores, True. sixteen threads, how can they get away with selling this for more? I guess higher clocks. But is it going to remain readily available? Oh, what's the uh, fifty eight hundred X selling for right now? Four forty nine. Oh, that's yeah. I guess so. Yeah, it's four seventy nine or something yeah. like that when you can actually get oh, okay. them. Okay. Yep, a little bit higher. Let's look down here. So there you go. There's there's your price target. So that's your high-end SKU. Now let's let's ignore like the KF and the non-K and the F and the T. Let's go to the 11700K. Oh, that's a Core i7. Now, mm-hmm. unlike the Core i9, this is an 8-core, 16-thread part. Wait, right? did you say unlike the, unlike the i9? Exactly. <laughs> oh, but It hey, may be a little tongue-in-cheek. Hey, but the TDP, though. I mean, because the TDP okay. with the 10900K is 125 watts. This 11700K is only 125 watts. So, Oh, that's so, a good observation. You know, in addition to having the same core count, it also has the same TDP. And, you know... The difference is 200 megahertz. 300. Mm. Uh, is it two? No, two. You're right. Yeah. But hey, two, yeah. But the trade price 50. is 399. Mm-hmm. Why would anybody buy a 10900K if they could buy a 10, I'm sorry, 11900K if they could buy an 11700K for $140 less? Well, okay. You know what? Question. What is what is a really good space heater cost these days? Open flame or, or oil? Uh, I'm I mean, thinking more of the quartz. You know. In Wyoming mm-hmm. or here in Vancouver? Because they're pretty cheap right now. Yeah. <laughs> 125 watts is pretty low for a space heater. We know these can go upwards of about 280, maybe even up to 300 in certain circumstances. Maybe. Get your ABX 512 application going and get a blower-style CPU cooler. I'm sure those exist. And you could heat your room for like 300 watts, which is yeah. way less than my space heater. I have one down here that I have used when it gets really cold in the winter. This thing on the high setting is like 1,800 watts and will blow the breaker. So I could use just a little Intel system at my feet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a GPU. The Intel for each foot. Intel foot warmer. An Intel foot warmer. Eh, Untapped market. Yeah. Yeah. The space heater jokes. It's lame. Sorry, guys. Uh, but hey, uh, more SKUs. Uh, the excitement continues unabated. Actually, I mentioned this before. I am excited about these because they have better GPUs in them. Where's a picture Graphics. of the Graphics. Yeah, man. And it's, it's man. way better, actually. It's like 2X plus. It's actually, mm-hmm. they talk about them in glowing terms. Fifty Up to 50% better integrated graphics performance. Yeah, now, there you go. Oh, oh wait, fifty percent? Hmm. Up to, up to, yep, up, up to, two. up to fifty. But yeah, here's some more skills. If you want to pause your video, this one's here. clickable. Is it? Oh, the other one wasn't. Yes. Why not? No, I, I don't know. <laughs> okay, eleven six hundred K. Now the the ten six hundred K was a great chip, in my opinion, for you know high clocks. Yeah, it has a couple fewer cores. But the disparity is a lot lower now because remember the ten nine hundred K had. 10 cores and the 10600K had six. 
Now, this 11600K still has six cores, so 125 watts, ha, ha, ha. Close enough. I mean, if you enforce power limits, whatever. But, hey, uh, 262. This will probably end up being, like, 269, 279, if, if I'm not wrong. That's that's what I suspect. 299 at the most. Hey, I have a question. Is is the TDP column, could it be any less meaningful? I It's it's not. I Enthusiasts laugh. That is a real limit if you're putting together... An OEM system like a Dell puts oh, it sure. into one okay. of their small yep. form factor desktops. They're Granted. absolutely sure. enforcing that 125 watt TDP. And boost duration, even on the Alienwares, is very conservative. They don't do like the full PL1, PL2 tile limits you'll see on like a high end Asus or Gigabyte board or something on one of those boards. I've I've gone through and configured Dell systems before, and they are very conservative, even on the gaming end where you'd have to pay they have this upcharge that I don't know if they still do for overclocking levels which was literally literally something you go into the BIOS setup and choose level 1 level 2 or level 3 and all it did was change boost duration like uh, the PL2 limit I think is the higher number but that was it so I mean th- these things will be configured I don't think you'll see a lot of the K series parts but you'll see maybe a KF maybe a non-K but that, that's the other thing, because it's kind of ridiculous. You go from 125 watts with the K to only 65 watts for the 11600. Yeah, which, big drop. It Yeah, the, the all-core turbo drops, according to this, only 300 megahertz. How is that extra 300 megahertz requiring double the wattage? But we'll, we'll see. Because it's all, it's all based on duration and... Because after a certain point, yeah, it'll fall down to 65 watts, but those initial boosts will last for, you know, so many seconds, 28 seconds, 56 seconds. So, but hey, competition, it's competition yep. in theory. We'll see what Micro Center prices are like. Although I've, somebody was saying that Micro Center was already sold out of the 10900K pre-order, 11900K pre-order. Shocking. I, I, don't think that's, I don't think that's true. I think that they have prices up. I, when I went and looked, well, maybe a week ago, I looked in it and the prices seemed high to me, uh, but they had no stock, of course. Um, the other interesting thing that's going on with here is, have you read anything about their uh, their gear memory controller, gear one, gear two, kind of like yeah. adopting that was sort of AMD synchronicity between the memory controller and memory frequency. What do you guys know about that? You sound like you know a little bit about it. I know that was one of the points of contention bit. around the Anontech review. People were asking that those it's, pointed questions on Twitter. Yes. Yeah. Whereas Gear 1 is uh, out of the box, supposedly reserved for the 11900 series, and Gear 2, the 2 to 1 ratio is reserved for everything not 11900 chip. So, and that's very similar to the. Uh, ratio that AMD sort of that has between their memory controller and, me- and memory. I think most of the board manufacturers are going to ignore it and run everything at gear one. I'm just going to predict that. I can't wait. It sounds so <laughs> exciting. Uh, any more on that? Hey, it's the same as on? them all ignoring, ignoring Intel's recommendations on memory speeds and how, you know, it was it was never anything more than 2666 for so long, and nobody had any trouble running 3200 and above, really. Right. Uh, in typical enthusiast desktop scenarios, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Well, okay. The another big story of the last week or so has been the RTX 3060, which launched. You know, was it a week or two ago now? I have already forgotten. And Six here's months. a nice picture uh-huh. of one from a certain uh, shelf behind me. But Jeremy wrote this up. Hash rate limiter busted. Now, actually... Twice. I, I, yeah, kind of. It, it was mm-hmm. a fraud. One of them was a, a crop that didn't show that it was actually doing a different coin. Anyway. I, I still don't care. The idea of a hash rate limiter is that it should be generally a hash rate limiter. Discouraging people from doing one specific type of coin is not going to stop them from mining other shit, as was shown. Absolutely, because, yes. You know, yes, your press release did specifically reference Ethereum, but that is like, it will only mine on Tuesdays. Oh, okay, well then the problem solved. It's it's ridiculous. It's dumb, and you know, it was expected that yes, there would be altcoins out there that sure enough, it's going to be chugging around at uh, 45 to 50 mega hashes a second, just like the hash limiter didn't exist. But then BDR's uh, statement that specifically Ethereum mining can never be done, and that it was not specifically a driver that was blocking it, but it was baked into the hardware and the firmware, and there was just no way it's going to happen unless we release 470.05 beta driver in which it's, oops, completely and totally unlocked. And, you know, as is the internet's thing, it's out there, it's never going away again. They did pull it very quickly, but it doesn't matter. It's spreading like wildfire. The 3060 is as we expected, although it took a little longer than I was first betting. I figured within a week, it would already be about cracked wide open. So just over a week, the 3060 is a mining card now. But I wouldn't have expected NVIDIA to be the one to do it. Because, it, as you mentioned, 4070.05. Just Google those numbers. And you will find a link somewhere. Somebody will be hosting this. I'm sure there will be some takedowns. Might have to move around a little bit. But oh, geez, yes. 70.05. It worked well for Beyonce, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Look at this. It goes from... 28 mega hashes per second once the limiter kicks in to 44 to 48. I'm guessing that depends on memory overclock, but talk about smashing your forehead with I could have had a V8. This is a nasty cell phone. Yeah. Yeah. Brian Smith at Anontech said, We're going way back to February here. Oh, he's they're just requoting. We've yeah, already this read is this. The original quote. Limiter it's not post. just a driver thing. Well, yeah. you know, the it driver is. apparently can control <laughs> quite a bit. Uh, Hey, even if it did do a handshake between the driver and the hardware and did some checksumming and things like that, like I was talking about on Discord a couple weeks ago or a week or so ago, hey, it just devolves to some bit of software on the on the PC side that says, hey, if this didn't, you know, come back with an affirmative check, then, you know, fail it. And it just takes one line of code in there that says, hey, just set that to true and move, just move past that. And and that's kind of what the developers, and this is development drivers, developers only driver that got you know, that sort of subverts this. That's that's exactly what happened. They didn't want to bog down the developers with that particular whatever was going to cause them a problem. And uh, they just, you know, commented it out in, in essence. But the best news well, is that it doesn't matter because you couldn't have bought it before anyways. Yeah, no one has one, so except the miners. 
I feel like scalpers would buy it to resell even if they didn't know what it was. Like it's what is this thing? Yeah, is this true. a is this a video game console? It doesn't matter. It's going on doesn't eBay. Matter. It's that's gonna make me two hundred dollars a pop, so they don't care. You're right that's, about why, that. that's why PS fives are still selling for eight hundred to a thousand dollars or more on eBay. It's a five hundred dollar game console. Your life will not end if you cannot play the latest five hundred dollar game console. That's so hard just, to convince everyone uh, of that. I, I will not pay more. I I wanted one, and my wife was like, yeah, you can get one. So I, once I had the green light, I feel like I have to do it regardless before she changes her mind. <laughs> yes. And yes. there's been no way to get one. I've not been fast <laughs> enough. I've actually seen an add to cart once, and by the time I clicked it, it said, this item could not be added to your cart because it is out of stock. I'm like, this is Oh, dumb. where was it? Where, where was Walmart.com. I've been completely Ooh, unsuccessful in getting one anywhere. I was presented with the opportunity of buying a digital one in a bundle for like 600 <clears> bucks. Like, I don't even want the digital one. It's just... I thought that there was supposed to be a big drop tomorrow. Tomorrow on Amazon, Monday. yeah. If you follow the, yeah. you know, Amazon, the Twitter Walmart. And... We'll see. Maybe I'll try one more time and just be depressed again. But Tomorrow's oh. your day, man. Tomorrow's your day. 6700 XT day. Because it's always a day away. But the scalpers, they'll get them, and then they'll be on No, they're going to be distracted by the 6700 XT. Tomorrow's exactly. your console. Exactly. Hey, yes, yes, because it officially goes on sale tomorrow, doesn't it? Yes, it, it does. could be good. There, it's the 6700 mm. XT running interference, so I can finally buy a PS5 gonna, with what, get a, a library PS5 of what, five games underneath. that I don't want to play. It doesn't matter. <laughs> The only thing I've seen so far that I want is the Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade, where I can put in my PS4 disc and I'll get the free upgrade to the PS5 version, but that isn't until June. So You can wait, though. Just I can wait until take June. Take that console, put it, put it on the shelf if you can get one tomorrow. But it's, it's not, the availability is not going to get better. Josh, I was looking today somewhere uh, Honda has shut down pretty much their entire North American operation, Canada and the U.S. Yep. There's, wow. There's no chips. Nope. PS5 yeah. is the least of our worries. SMC, UMC, Global Foundries, all their 28 nanometer Samsung. stuff is is just a full bore doing auto. Yeah, yeah Samsung. Yes, Jeremy. Samsung isn't going to do a note this year. Exciting. Nope. Yeah, it's on they the list. Uh, on, they literally can't. On, uh, oh, it's on the list. We'll talk about that. But. It's on the list. Yeah. Hey, uh, before we get to our long-awaited, much-anticipated ad break, Jeremy... What is this? Uh, is this? Are you going to scare us again with more? I love sure, this webcam not? password nonsense. Is this like security cameras, <laughs> like baby monitors? Oh, it's like cop yeah. monitors and movie theaters and, and yeah. hospitals and you know, it's nothing major that you know the, the this uh, courtrooms. <laughs> yeah, like like freaking everything. So Verkata is a very big name in professional webcams. They, they are the ones that you see ubiquitously anytime you're in public and you're in a place that you're being monitored, like Cloudflare, Airports. Tesla, prisons, you know. <laughs> nowhere that you need to worry about. So these dipshits left their password as the same one as a famous luggage unlock code. Where did they leave it, Jeremy? It is. Oh, it just on in plain text on their site, you know. Just on Git, wasn't it? Somewhere wasn't no it one would repo? find it. <laughs> uh, that too, yes. It, it's but it's also on their site, 
okay. So yeah, the login was admin. The password was one, two, three, four, five. And this was just to make it even better, the admin password that they shipped with. So even as a user, if you went and changed your webcam stuff, it didn't matter because you didn't have access to the admin console to be able to change it there because all of these are run via consoles. So yeah, over 150,000 confirmed webcams across the planet. So I, this is just the height of stupidity. And you know, there's probably some going to be some interesting fallout from that considering where these cameras were stored. These these are not just random mom and pop where, you know, someone's privacy got horribly, horribly invaded and, you know, their lives are kind of ruined on the uh, internet. This is, yeah, monitoring people's medical records at a hospital. This is being able to plot a prison break by knowing where the hell all the guards are in real time. Uh, spying on... Uh, the new techno king of Tesla, if you really wanted to, I guess. Well, I suppose they've probably changed that by now. So yeah, just another reason to not trust the Internet of Things and, you know, do your best to always change your passwords. But unfortunately, a lot of the time, it's the company that sold it to you is either hard-coded it in so that even if it's leaked, they can't fix it, or they just do something incredibly dumb like this. Now, the, the group that, that hacked this, and I... I I say it that way because it wasn't really hacked. It was just Mm-mm. left out in the open and they, and they just stumbled across it, tried to do the right thing and say, Hey, look, you guys did this. And, and to prove it, they went and like sampled a whole bunch of cameras and then showed it to them. And, and I don't know, you know, they tried to be a little bit whitehead about it. And, uh, I think they still got into trouble. It was a French, uh, outfit, wasn't it? Yeah. And on that note, let's hear from this week's podcast sponsor. Now that 2021 is looking up and bringing new beginnings, that means new opportunities to grow your business. If part of your strategy is adding new members to your team, LinkedIn Jobs can find the right person fast. To make things even better, your first job posting is now available for free. The network of the LinkedIn Jobs platform makes it easy for qualified candidates to find you. LinkedIn is an active community of professionals with more than 722 million members worldwide. Getting started is easier than ever with new features to help you find qualified candidates quickly. Post your job with targeted screening questions and LinkedIn will quickly get your available position and role in front of more qualified candidates. Manage job postings and contact candidates from a single view on the familiar LinkedIn.com as those functions are streamlined under one simple screen. And now do all this from your mobile device, no matter where the day takes you. When your business is ready to make that next hire, find just the right person with LinkedIn jobs. And now you can post a job for free. Just visit LinkedIn.com slash PCPer. Again, that's LinkedIn.com slash PCPer to post a job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Take a trip to Milan. The new AMD Epic 7003 family. Look at those boxes. Is that Oh, that's Serve the Home. I've recognized the bluish background on his table there. Mm-hmm. 64 He's, cores. Uh... Okay. Well, can you tell 280 me about this? watts. You okay with that? How do, you, how do you feel about 280 watts? I feel like uh, if you can get 64 cores out of the same wattage of a eight core Intel Enthusiast desktop processor, that's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, I mean, Pharonix did a little bit more testing. Sort of the home was more uh, present at the briefing and sort of taking a look over 
how they're breaking it down. So one thing that they've done, uh, which is relatively amusing, is that uh, they, they've added 28 and 56 core CPUs, which is something that Epic hasn't really done in the past, but uh, might be, you know, exactly matching those Xeons that people have been buying for quite a while. And those numbers familiar, yeah. Yeah, so hmm. they seem to be doing a little bit better at what they're supposed to be doing as well. And they've broken it up nicely. So if you are for, you want the biggest uh, possible frequency you can get going with a big cache to core ratio, they've got some that, they're, they're the big hitters, like 280 watts TDP. Uh, the, the lower one, which is a mere eight core, is 180 watt. Or for different applications, you want the highest possible thread count you can possibly get. Frequency doesn't necessarily affect the performance of your app as much as the, the sheer number of cores that you can throw at it. And so these ones are the 7763s and uh, 13Ps and such. And they vary between 48 to 64 cores at uh, 225 watts. And then there's the one where a lot of people are going to be looking at, which is, is your balance optimized ones, which only go up to a mere 32 cores but they, they float uh, at a maximum of 225 watts of a TDP, which, you know, really sits at a place where you're, if you're looking at putting a whole bunch of them together and looking at how much this is going to cost you in power to run and to keep it under reasonable uh, temperatures, this is a sweet spot for you. So they've got all of the fun that the Zen 3 does and, of course, the extra more fun things that you get with the Epic so that, uh, you know, you've got one DIMM per channel uh, on with four channel memory interleaving, depending on how you've got things set up, which, you know, if you do the math, there could be a huge pool of RAM. Uh, they've got the security features that you'd like to see, uh, sort of a, an iteration from what we saw with Zen 2 and the, the previous Epic processes. It's, it's a little bit better off. And you, the, if you recall, part of the reason that these are considered significantly more secure than the competition is that there's an actual ARM processor on the SOC, which handles a lot of this sort of stuff right at the very beginning of boot. So your, your trusted roots are baked right into the silicon and they're run separate from the actual processor itself, which gives you a nice, you know, break from uh, a little bit of a gap security wise. And, if you look at the performance on the Pharonix charts, as uh, Sebastian's showing you, the uh, fancy Xeon Platinum 8280 is sitting, you know, sort of in the middle of the pack. It's it's not really keeping up with a lot of these new processors. Now, as you drop down, of course they are, but, you know, and I didn't really see MSRPs because, well, you're not going to be buying this. It, it's... One day I might show up on Newegg. It's proven that we saw some of the chips that were not going to be sold singly appear. But they've got all sorts of, uh, they've got a bunch of partners which will be taking orders, uh, you know, your, your usual Dells and, uh, uh, <coughs> excuse me for a second, uh, Dells and other suppliers of uh, servers. So you'll be able to put your orders in. And, you know, if your application and you look through it, matches what they're pushing you can be seeing a 19 20 percent jump uh, in ipc compared to zen or the zen 2 based previous epics which if you've been holding off on an upgrade is you know an attractive amount 
I don't know if there's anything else that anyone was really impressed by, because, you know, as much fun as these are to look at and talk about, we're not... Haven't they been out for a while, but this is the only the official announcement? Mm. I can't remember if they're actually available. I think you've been ordering them. I, I don't know if anything's shipped. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's impressive. The extra security is nice. The performance of Garos is is good. Uh, AVX perf is you know it's improved. The floating point is tremendously improved overall. So, yeah, I mean it just you know they they've got the competition running at every spot and uh, at a lower overall price. And it's uh, you know in one p and two p uh, solutions they're it's kind of the go-to stuff and uh, 128 lanes PCA 4.0. I mean, you know, enterprise stuff, you know, I talked to Dave Graham about this. He was like, you know, enterprise people are not as, you know, excited about PCA 4.0 because, you know, they've got other, um, you know, technologies, uh, what InfiniBand, I can't remember all the different ones, but it's still going to get used and it's still a next generation approach and 128 lanes is still a lot. It's a lot. And, and if you those, can someone actually buy the SSDs. SSDs then yeah, that's... I mean, even if they only stay at, at PCA 3.0, um, yeah, I mean, and downgrade that uh, for you know thermals or whatever, um, it's still 128 lanes. It's it's massive. So they're happy with uh, what AMD has given them. Any other comments? I mean, it's server stuff. We don't really cover that too much, but. They're I like server stuff. I use a lot of servers. I appreciate the performance per dollar improvement. Can't wait to buy them. I mean, buy a position as a time slice on one of those servers. Hey, speaking of things you can't buy, uh, we alluded to this earlier, but Shorters is at the Samsung uh, manufacturing, I guess. I don't know what, exactly what components they're short on, if it's the actual SOC or what. If you name it, they ain't got it. Yeah, it could be. Well, anything. no, I think uh, Samsung's uh, Austin Fab still isn't back up, and that was primarily nope. memory and NAND, I believe. Yeah, so you've got that. Uh, you've got just the fact that the, the little building blocks, and, and one thing that we don't really talk about is that I expect these shortages extend right back down to the rare earth uh, harvesting like like they probably even the mines are running a little bit lower than they were before and it's just gone completely up the chain uh, TSMC has their own extra issues with the water shortage but they're dealing with that because you know they can source the water if you're out of tantalum you're, you're kind of out of tantalum and it's like samsung was what they were specifically talking about because they were mentioning that yeah there will be no uh new tab this year they they, they announced it they wanted to do it they can't but uh like they're also the guys that do uh along with tsmc all of qualcomm snapdragon stuff also getting hit so you're going to start to see even just if they can source some of the other components for it and get the battery they can't get the bloody processor. Uh, SK Hynix is also saying the same thing, that uh, we're going to be not doing well at all um, for anything that we're producing. Volkswagen has cut like a 100,000 car out of their production line. Uh, Toyota and Honda are pretty much like 
as we were saying earlier, just throwing up their hands and saying, yeah, we'll, we'll do what we can, but we can keep our production line going hundred percent. And all you're going to have is a bunch of frames at the end that are waiting on a couple of random chips to make sure that uh, your ignition works or that uh, the sensor in your carburetor is actually functional. So it's, it's not going to get better. It's, it's going to get a little bit worse before it gets better from the looks of it. How delightful. Yep. Hey, part of that shutdown in, I guess their Texas plant was probably due to something they had to do orderly when they were told, hey, the power's going out, right? I mean, that's, and then they have to do a full shutdown and restart. And, yeah. Uh, I don't yeah, think you want to turn that. power off at a fact. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> that, that would be bad. So they kind of called them up and said, yeah, we need to reduce the load on the grid. You guys are going to have to bring it all down. And I think it was an orderly shutdown, and that takes some time to bring back online, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, you're. Yeah. It's bad. So. Could it's just, phones could actually be that next thing? That's. Oh my gosh! You're right. Impossible to find. Yeah. And hyper expensive. The cars. Good thing nobody mines coins with phones. Yeah. Yeah. Yet. 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 Yeah, you just gave somebody the idea. Now they probably no. I, I don't think I did. Yeah, <laughs> it's just not worth it. I, oh come on! If they're taking the over people's toasters and fridges, well, if you have enough of them, if you were able to infect right. like a million phones, then maybe it would be worth. Jeez, it. that's unfeasible. If you were to be somebody who How about ran mani cams and and doorknobs and and refrigerators and stuff just think about this what yeah. if somebody who professionally ran botnets distributed computing you know on people's systems without their knowledge right. to do right. various nefarious things what if that person started a, a mining company oh wait he did and it's called nicehash and he's actually a convicted <laughs> criminal who ran botnets? Yeah. Let's oh, come see. on. At this point, you could come up with the next Flappy Birds and have them the disclaimer, by the way, your oh, phone brother. will now mine coin 100% of the time. People will People still play. download yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, man. My battery life isn't very good, but I just have it plugged in when I play. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. All right. Uh, speaking it's of a nice backpack. Fine. Yeah, that's where my battery charger is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, remember 3DX Point? The future? Oh. Mm-mm. Well, now, you know, Intel spun it off to Micron. Now Micron is shutting it down. Anyone want to buy a Utah chip factory? They're going to be shifting resources into memory products that use Compute Express Link. Wait, you mean like some sort of industry standard that everyone uses? Well, you know. So the problem with them is uh, this place and that product is there was still not enough demand that they could utilize that plant. And so they're writing off $400 million worth of downtime on, you know, of, of just idle time of that fab. And most companies can't afford, you know, kind of the overheads and then not having $400 million worth of production going on in a year. So you can see why they're, they're trying to get out. Although apparently they're not going to completely bail on it. They, they are leaving the saying that, you know, if demand for the memory side of it, like the, the DDR replacement side of it ever does catch on, we might keep going. But 
the SSDs, yeah, um, those five guys that were willing to buy one, no, they did, and now they don't want it anymore. It was kind of sad when the the consumer side went away, right? They're not making standalone Optane drives anymore, are they? Not for consumers. We have all. No, these... they're making overpriced MLC drives now. Yeah, all, all these boards that are like Intel Optane ready, which I've been seeing since at least the 100 series, maybe the 200 series boards all had this logo on them. And True, they did. Bo- yeah. I have a couple of sticks of, I think, 16 gigabyte that I got in systems that I parted out. Like, I don't even know what to do with these things. Like, and moving forward, you can't even buy them. So I guess it's like a collector's item now. Sell them on eBay. There you mm. go. You get like four oh, or no, five dollars that... each for them. That definitely sounds like something that should remain with you. I mean, you're kind of a collector person. It's true. Uh, hey, before we move on, before we move on, I interrupt this broadcast to announce another patron. Uh-oh. Just recently joined. Their name is Dan Wally Sempek, and we thank you very much for putting your name here. You can actually put that in in post if you want. Thanks, Dan Wally. Much appreciate. I've got to remember to edit that in now. All right. If I hear that when I'm editing tomorrow, then I'll be like, oh, put put what here? What are you talking about? And then I'll add like some. Dan Wally Sempek. During Josh's burger segment, he uh, he announced either a song or an instrument, and I'll be very disappointed if I don't hear it, by the way. Who announced? Josh did. Okay. When I listen to the playback, yes. I will try to identify. But I feel like I have a there's a vision behind this stuff. Like I, oh, I feel and, inspiration mm-hmm. and I'm like, no, it needs to be mm-hmm. this mood. And I go into YouTube library music and you can search by mood. I put mm. in mood. So last week I put in romance and i found this you know kind of latin sounding it uh, worked ballad and i it hmm. sounded like josh had actually been reading this to the music it just it flowed if you haven't watched oh yeah last week's podcast yep, I, I haven't watched that huh. or listen no to it was it. on beat man you should watch it uh, yeah okay it's, it's like an ode to the mexican taco burger and it's it's oh, the, the best thing I've ever done point. in my life. The intro was on point. The, 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 the burger segment was, was spot on. I did a slow uh, yeah. zoom on the burger, so mm-hmm. the entire time mm-hmm. it's just getting closer and closer to the camera as the music swells. And then, and then the vocals come in on the background, the people <laughs> oohing and on yeah. at just the right moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I lucked into that. Mm-hmm. Hardcore. Mm-hmm. Where were oh, we? That's good. Uh, Josh is going to take a break and watch that now. Yeah. Ajisa. <laughs> Ajisa, Ajisa, Ajisa. It never stops. 1.2, 0.1, and 0.2. And for, 7, eight, V2 eight. of Ajisa. So Ajisa V2, whatever, 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 whatever. Yeah. But hey, AMD, they have resolved their USB issues, which I'm excited about, because I, I want to get that godlike MSI X570 board out again that I was using for streaming for a while, plug it back in, hook up my Camlink 4K, and see if the thing doesn't freeze anymore. That'll be exciting. But uh, AMD started collecting data from users. I'm looking at videocards.com here. And 500 series motherboards reportedly had issues with USB connectivity, surprisingly. The company has announced that GISA 1.202, just like Josh said, 
But the official AMD Reddit account, I love how AMD does things like this. Like, it'll be a Reddit post from somebody. It'll be, you know, a tweet. Yep. Way outside what's, what would seem like official channels. You know, they're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to announce this over on a Reddit. Well, they're uh, not publicly traded. So, that, I mean, they can get away with stuff like this. So, they're still a small yeah, private right. company. So yeah, yeah sure. Yep. The, they the own nice their own thing fabs, about this, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're True. totally on their own. The, the nice thing about this is that, one, it took them like almost a year, which is nice. Okay, that wasn't the nice part. The nice part was is they finally believed people and they, they roped willing participants in off of Reddit to say, okay, demonstrate this. Here's how we want you to document it. Please instrument it this way. Send us these dumps. And then they actually did something about it. Unlike Rockstar Games until recently, which occurs. We'll, we'll get to that in a moment, but... Uh... <laughs> I was just going to say, I think what happened was 2020 happened. People oh, were yeah. at home needing to plug USB things like webcams and USB Cameras, microphones. And, and when you start doing, you know, higher bandwidth USB stuff, it would fall down a lot. And so, shit falls down. Yeah, fall down, go boom. <sighs> yeah. I've got, I've got to mute two words. Trying to keep the podcast clean so I get that nice, oh, clean rating. I'm sorry. Just, All right. Yeah. Put a break gotta, on that. I'll just have to mute them. Fudge. Yes. You can say that. Uh, developers to update GTA Online to address poor load times after community fix. Wait, so the community fixed it, but now they're going to fix it? No, nah, man. There was one dude. Oh, I who see. Just they had, had to pay had out enough. a bounty. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah I got so, 10 grand out of so it. this this kind of thing is out there for the talented amongst uh, amongst the audience. If there are you know any people so inclined, go fix something, especially if it's from Rockstar, and you could potentially uh, score a ten grand. Uh, you fixed it payout if it's if it's cool. This was an issue with GTA Five that was uh, specifically on them loading a very very large multi megabyte JSON file and reparsing it over and over again. Very very inefficiently and uh this guy finally stopped uh wanting to wait for you know five six seven minutes at a time to join gta5 online and disassembled the the dlls and figured out what what the hell was going on that's three by the way and um went in and uh wrote a patch to uh, wrote a new dll compiled it and and substituted it so that his code would be called instead to more efficiently parse this multi-megabyte uh, JSON file and uh, reduce load times by 70%. Rockstar finally gave him his due and is going to adopt his solution and paid out a $10,000 bug fix bonus. So good on him. Toast. Toast. T-O-0-S-T. Whatever I'm going to go with toast. I feel like it has to toast be toast. Toast is good. Yeah. But toast. if you're in Minnesota, it's, it's toast. Well, good on him anyway. Good for that guy. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. 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 Okay. So yeah, another community fix. Backing up with the (laughs) backing up the Ajisa community Reddit fix with the Rockstar community Reddit fix. See, things going on there. Okay, uh, we've waited long enough. Uh, we have. Let's go. The top story tonight. We buried the lead. Justin Long. Do you remember the Mac versus PC commercials? You had John Hodgman, Justin Long. I don't. Hodgman I don't was the Ooh. lovable PC 
And Justin Long was this douche who, I don't know what he did, jumped out of boxes you, and said, like, look, I'm ready to use everything I need is already installed. You misspelled cool guy when you said douche. Yeah, but I think the anybody who's concerned that he's jumped ship and taken Intel's sweet, sweet money to go do get real, go PC ads, where he says, hey, I'm just a real guy. I'm just a regular guy. I'm not an actor who doesn't ever actually use a computer. Uh, I'm just a guy who loves PCs because they can do so much more than a Mac. I remember reading a, a article or an interview clip with him years ago where he's like, yeah, I don't even use a computer. Like, <laughs> There was no actual brand loyalty to Mac when he did those commercials either. But hey, you can watch these ads on YouTube.com. Justin gets real. And look at that. Oh, but yeah. the Mac can only support one monitor. Was this even? Oh, okay. Anyway. Hey, you know, M1 Macs, apparently they're limited. And you need Intel. I liked him better when he was paired with Bruce Willis in that uh, in that movie. With the, oh, that Die Hard 8? Yes. Yeah, I think it may have been five. Hmm. Anyway. <laughs> it wasn't eight. It may have been five. Yeah. I liked him better in that in that commercial, actually. Live Free or Die Hard. Wasn't that the one? That, that, I think that's that, the one, yeah. These days I'm sure that wasn't the one in the Soviet Union, but you're on the right track. I think that was Die Hardest. I oh, can't die remember. harder. Who, too many. But look, he he had a better trajectory than the get a your dude. You're getting a Dell guy because that guy just true. He Hands fell down. off the he face just, of the earth. He Justin, smoked in the wrong place at the wrong time. He just lived in the wrong time. Today, today that would probably be legal in whatever state he was. Yeah, in. yeah, yeah. New York, what, Canada. We're probably filming it nope. up here because it's cheaper. That's state, but sure. I, I love this. The <laughs> the next one uh, down. Justin gets real touch screens. Hold on. I have to wait for my uh, streaming PC interface to come back to me. There we go. It was frozen. Okay. Oh, cool. This is quoting Justin Long in the ad. Oh, cool. This whole thing is a touch screen, end quote, uh, as he places his hand on his iPad Pro. And then realizes, oh, no, I'm doing an Intel commercial and sets that aside and then futzes around with the weird half screen above the keyboard on an Asus ZenBook. So that's exciting. Funny. So am I to understand that that iPads are not touch screen? I'm not sure I follow. I, so I, I, I made up part of that. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. <laughs> Justin's like, hey, this is a touch screen. That's your iPhone, Justin. Oh, well, this is a touch screen. That's your iPad. That's What's what you've been computer? reading. You were studying your script on this iPad before we went to shoot, and now you have to use a PC. What's a PC? Don't worry, Justin. Just read the lines. You know, you're right about that. The entire cast was working off of iPads before they all set them down and shot the PC commercial. Exactly. And then it was all edited on, on Mac Pros. Probably. Okay. Uh, do we have anything else on the list? Or was that it? Is it time yeah, for man. Picks of the we Week? Got some, oh, you got we some, know we reviews. Got some reviews. That's right. More reviews. Yeah. All right. Let me relax and let... I know, Josh. It's, it's going to be okay. I know, he's killing him. No, jo it's fine. Uh, hey, Brett, this isn't going to take long. Brett, don't kill us. Okay. 
take it away. I'm not killing you, man. I'm not killing you, man. This is a nice laptop from Lenovo. It's the uh, mm-hmm. was given to us for review late last year. Um, it's like I said, a little bit off the curve from the uh, latest performance specs, but it's still very reasonable with a uh, six-core, twelve-thread CPU. The uh, case was um, oh, it was carbon fiber and uh, and uh, magnesium. Really nice case. Uh, really nice to the touch good chassis well built very nice keyboard pleasant to use um internals are are very typical for uh for the lenovo thinkbook series with expansion and room for raid ssds nvmes inside um 64 gig capacity and um reasonable amount of cooling like i said great to use the screen though was really awesome 4k oled touch screen with a stylus the reviewers that myself and a couple other uh uh, guys named kyle actually helped me out with this because i just had it for a long period of time so i thought i'd get some multiple multiple people to take a look at it with different use cases we all really enjoyed it and the screen was really the highlight 4k uh, like I said, touchscreen, really, really beautiful. Um, really, almost no downsides. The battery life is really good. Like I said, the keyboard was great. Everything worked really well. You could even game a little bit on it at uh, not high settings or anything like that. It's not. It only has a T2000 NVIDIA with 4 gig uh, in it. But it's Lenovo positions it as a mobile workstation. Um, no issues at all with that. The camera, of course somewhat weak with most 720p cameras are two m.2s two m.2s that's right and uh, nice. an additional um m.2 there on the far right hand side which i think is dedicated towards um a uh a, a network access card yes yeah. it's exactly it and i specify that in there one of the intel i can't remember the number right now i went and looked it up to see which one was optional uh for that one but yeah yeah you know, a, a wi-fi six card with um, what they call VPro, which is really more towards mm-hmm. uh, corporate management. <clears throat> You're probably familiar with with VPro, <laughs> Jeremy. Uh, anyway, in the light <laughs> of uh, today's, uh, yeah, in the light of today's laptops with higher higher uh, CPU capacity with uh, Ryzen CPUs, you want to be careful about which one you're buying. Look at uh, give this one a, a look if you if you're into keeping your laptop for a long period of time though, and you want something that's really robust and pleasant to use. I have no reservations about recommending this if it fits in your budget. It's going to be a great wearing wearing laptop with with reasonable performance over a long period of time. See, I told you it wouldn't take that long. Please go and read Not it though. Long. It's a it's a it's a good read. What was the keyboard like? Like, what's the key travel like? Because I know some of these, the key... It's a Lenovo, for crying out loud. Right, but there's Lenovo and there's Lenovo. So is this okay. Lenovo with the shallow key travel and the smooth key no. tops? Or these have slightly concave key tops yes. and a little bit more key mm-hmm. travel? Yeah. Okay. A little bit more key travel, a little bit more concave. Um, not very loud, very quiet. Um, like I said, it had a very good feel to it, and it was not fatiguing at all. And like I said, no deck flex. Which I really, really like. Yeah, it just has a lot of quality to it. When you know you're smacking stuff in the middle, and the and the the whole deck is not moving on you, and the keys kind of stay where they are. And obviously, it looks like you did a little gaming on this. So you Absolutely, can game on a quadro, why not? Because huh? 
Yeah, you you don't always have to go to your next meeting. Why not? 1080p low and 1080p medium was really good. 4K low was not terrible. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. It would yeah, was That's not sweet. terrible. It actually if you scroll down and look at that matrix just below where you're looking at right now, you'll okay. see <clears throat> a few. You can see 1080p ultra would hit 60 in modern warfare and reasonable in warzone, but but please don't don't play metro. You know, unless you're gonna unless you're gonna turn down the graphics fidelity to to low. <laughs> and this may seem ridiculous, reasonable. but what if this is the only thing you can get your hands on in the current climate? You know, you're, like, you 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 might not be wrong. I want a game, but all I can find is this professional workstation laptop. But hey, I can do 1080 medium. Hey, as this is as this is configured, you're going to be pushing you know high two grand on this, which may be a deal. Pocket I don't know. Change. Yeah, really. But the, the really honestly, the screen is really wonderful. If if you need detail, if you're doing CAD, uh, if you're doing graphics design, it's a really excellent 4K screen. Um, <laughs> you know, at that physical size, for the 4K pixels are damn small. It was not as quite as bright as I would like. So you got to kind of keep your ambient a little bit lower. Hmm. It's because the touchscreen cuts down on some of the emissive, the light being emitted from it, to about 400 nits. Non-touch oh, is 500, 600. Okay. I would, I would go without touch then. And for this you style can. of use, I would not even need a touchscreen. Does touch this thing fold up or does it just fold flat? Does it, it, have fold, like a it, would only, it would fold totally open okay. to fold flat. It would not okay. reverse. Okay, so no 360 hinge on this one. Correct. Okay. Uh, Good laptop, though. Easy to recommend. You know, $2,000 for something with OLED at 15 inches would have seemed nuts a few years ago. Like, there's no way the panel would have even been available for that. But Mm -hmm. there was this push, who was it, a couple years ago, to make these 15-inch OLED panels for like laptops. Mm -hmm. And so they've, they've come down a lot. This thing is super light, carbon fiber and, and magnesium. It is not a heft. It is easy to tote around. Yeah, they've been doing that for a while. I think the, the ThinkPad Carbon X1 was the first one with their really lightweight um, magnesium. It was something, what was that one? Ryan had at CES in like 2015. It was like a pound. He said it was like holding a toy prop of a laptop. It was a joint venture between Lenovo and Fujitsu or somebody? I don't, I don't know. But this this thing did not have a lot of heft to it, and it is it, it will not twist, or oh, you know, you can't put not, okay. much flex on it at all. Not really. That's good. No. Right. What do you do when the screen starts to go bad? Then yeah, exactly. That's uh, a feature. It's not. It's a Lenovo man. <laughs> it's a feature. It's not going okay. bad. Speaking of, uh, oh, it does. It's five thousand dollars for the replacement. Speaking of reviews hey, that will breeze through, I liked your lemmings. Yeah, don't you like that? That's for scale. I was like, how is anybody going to see how small this box is? Unless Nobody I even knows what that is. Something. And now the, you've got to see an icon beside it. It's, yeah. Why is there? Yeah. It's, the box was barely yeah, that's taller a, than a floppy disk. This is tiny. Well, that's a three and a half inch floppy disk for, yeah. for those of you who don't even know what that is. Yeah. Well, come on. Where, our, where our that icon comes from is. on save. <laughs> so this is legitimately... The exact size. Uh, if you just took the, like the letter keys and like tab, shift, enter, from your keyboard, and put a little frame around it, there's nothing else. It's 60% keyboards. If you're not familiar, they don't have any 
function keys, of course, there's no space. They don't have arrow keys. They are just, they're the keys for typing. And you have like the, the number keys up above. It's like a, it's like a typewriter. If you've ever used an old typewriter, that's about all you get here. And I can see you really enjoying this minimalist approach. I like the style of this a lot. And I was like, okay, it's another one. The MSRP on this is 109. And if you've looked at things like the ducky keyboards, they start at about a hundred and then, you know, people buy these kits and they go nuts and you can spend two, three, $400 as we've seen from some of Chris uh, Koch's reviews where, you know, it's, it's a hobby for people, but if you just want a pre-made 60% keyboard, this is a new option. And I was quite impressed by the feel of it. I was not anticipating liking this at all. I don't particularly care for the 60% form factor because I actually use arrow keys and function keys a lot. Right, right, right. But it's not the end of the world to hold down the function key. You can map these things any way you want. By default, it's U and J for up and down, and then H and K are left and right arrows. And you've got other things that secondary functions. You can program your own, like I said. And the nice thing about this one is it is quite a bit like some of those other keyboards, like the the ducky one that I checked out, where it has its own memory and you can do things on the keyboard. You don't have to rely on IQ software, but you can. You can program everything with IQ and then save it to the internal memory instead of relying on the software. You have that option when you're actually configuring this in IQ. So then I can unplug this, plug into any other device, and it retains my lighting settings, my shortcuts, anything that I've programmed into it. So that was nice. And the other thing about this, it has a number of firsts, as Corsair had provided this list here, uh, including an 8,000 hertz hyper polling rate. So the when I first plugged it in, it was at 4,000 max. There was a firmware update available. I downloaded that, and then I could enable 8,000 hertz. And there's a little warning. Where can I find this? About enabling it, like, you need a high-performance system. Axon hyperpolling uses additional system processing resources. A higher-end system is required to operate at up to 8,000 hertz. So I just had to OK past that. Yes. And then my trivial usage was now being scanned at 8,000 hertz. And it does uh, 4,000 hertz um, key polling, and then the USB is 8,000. So it's like you're never going to miss anything on this. Yeah, wow. Uh, the switches are Cherry MX. This is not using one of uh, like the optical switches, nothing proprietary. They only use Cherry on these. So Cherry MX Red, Cherry MX Silent, and Cherry MX Speed RGB switches. And the MX Speeds, I typically don't like speed switches. They only have a 1.2 millimeter actuation distance. These are like a 45 gram um, key switch, but that's a very shallow actuation. So if, if you have a very light touch, you can you can be very quick with these keyboards. And all of the key switches really are pretty shallow that are offered here. Uh, they range from 1.2 to 2 millimeters. So you don't have to use a heavy touch. I bottom out keys when I type, so being the heavy-handed person that I am. And there was a particular kind of springiness to this. It felt old school, like clattering away on this thing. It felt like I was using an old keyboard. Not like buckling spring or anything, but it was nice. There are linear switches. There's a, a, a satisfying kind of solid clunky feel to the space bar. I liked the feel of this a lot. 
And for just typing text and playing games, it's great. And it's so small, it'll fit almost anywhere. And of course, I finished up with the review and I'm showing this thing to my wife. I'm like, look how tiny this keyboard is, it's ridiculous. And my son's like, oh, for me, it's my keyboard. Like, oh. it can be, I guess. <laughs> so it's, it's currently in his room. And uh, he's played like a Dr. Seuss game on it. I think Green Eggs and Ham has been played on this keyboard now. <laughs> and Dad, it's telling me to push page up. Oh, no. That's up. a function. You got to just function modifier with the thing. Okay. But, Hold on. These two games. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> I liked it. I think it's actually pretty competitively priced, even at $109, if you've looked into the boutique 60% keyboard market. And it feels great. So if you can live without all those other keys, or if you've been looking for one of those really small keyboards that you're literally just going to use to like game on and nothing else, then... Or just want to buy a numpad on the... Uh, yeah, so you can have that. You can customize yeah. everything. I want my own function how close, keypad. How close to the bottom of the key travel before it triggers? like partway through or is it really close to the bottom of the travel before no, no, it actually it's very registers? close to the top of the travel oh very oh like we're talking 1.2 millimeters 1.2 millimeters and it's actuated and then i keep going until it bottoms out but that's how i was mm -hmm. actually able to slow these down i don't like speed switches by i i didn't even ask if these were just the ones that came but i would have it's probably chosen mills? reds Huh? No, I like myself. It's totally. Uh oh, oh totally different conversation. <laughs> yeah, no, you know what? Uh, do not get the Tullamordu Caribbean cask. I made that like, mistake. Oh, it tastes fruit. like rotten pineapple. Yeah. It, it's yeah anyway. Amazingly well done. It's exactly like rotten fruit. <laughs> but it I don't is. think that's what they were going for. <laughs> no, no. But anyway, sorry to interrupt. I had too much keyboards, and I saw I saw whiskey. It's okay. All right. Uh, All right. It's time for picks of the week. Hey, it's not and like a I laptop that's got quite... everything in it that everybody reviews. Everything. What is happening here? Did somebody actually pick <laughs> this? Know. Yeah, this I did. Lot. Okay, Josh, what is this? So, uh, you know, this last blizzard, uh, a lot of people that I know actually had power go out. And uh, they're sitting in their houses at, like, 41 degrees in coach trying to stay warm because they had all like electrical power and they didn't have a gap a fireplace. And you know, if, if the power goes out in the middle of a storm, you get your family into a room, you light three of those candles and you just hang out. You're not going to get carbon monoxide poisoning from running a generator inside your house. They last for like eight hours of inside and cook. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to burn some coal in here and <laughs> yeah, but no, it's uh you know, we had a, a blizzard this past weekend where it's, you know, it was like 26 inches over in Cheyenne. We had like 10 or 12. I mean, not nearly as much, but it's still, you know, it, it closed the town down uh, enough. And uh, there was enough wind that a lot of people were actually losing power. So uh, if you live in a colder climate, spend 30 bucks and get some candles. You can use them for other things as well. But uh, when, when things get grim, you're waxless. What? They're waxless. They're they're clean, dripless. Sorry, wax. dripless. Come on, I was just like, <laughs> oh, not waxless, dripless. What are these made of? Does yeah, it matter? Uh, ether? I don't know. No, yeah, it's made yeah. of petroleum. Dripless. So it's it's a you know a high quality wax that that burns. 
and uh, yeah, you're you're going to be good and not die of cold and carbon monoxide. Welcome to this old PC show where we talk about yeah. candle power. Uh, Jeremy, do you have a tech pick this week? I guess it doesn't matter what <laughs> oh, it is. Yeah, it, okay, it is. is. It does not matter. What is this? This looks. I don't understand this. Well, I mean, there some people do make poor lifestyle choices and do things like become email admins. Uh, and Ooh. once you've set down that harsh path, there there is really no coming back because regular society wants nothing to do with you anymore. But if you have started out on this journey and you're just sort of learning your feet and trying to figure stuff out, and you might have downloaded the recent patches from the latest uh, Microsoft uh, gift to every male admin on the planet, uh, but you haven't done any actual testing to see how borked you got or if some of those patches, surprise, didn't apply the way they should have. Microsoft recently updated their on-premises migration tool and you can snag it off of GitHub. It's ridiculously easy to run and not only will it check to make sure that everything is patched, actually do the patching for you, it will also run a couple of scanners against you to see if you remain vulnerable or if there's any evidence that you were already hacked. So if you haven't really played with it or you've only gotten to the stage where you've mitigated the problems but you haven't actually tested to see how horrible everything is, this is worth doing. It's And it's also the way that they designed it, dead simple to run. So do yourself a favor. Yeah, You might want to give that a shot. Brett, do you have a pick this week? You know, I do. And it's a, it's an actual uh, something totally different for me. It's a networking appliance. Mm. I hardly ever talk about networking things. It's actually uh, a, hey, do you want to turn a previously unwired upstairs room into something that's hardwired and all you've got into that room is a 90s run cable? Well, I didn't even know this thing even existed. This is called a go coax and it's the mo i think it's the the moca variant which allows up to 2.5 gigabits over dark or shared cable to get ethernet into a far-flung room of the house that you just don't want to drill through that many walls and floors to get to amazing technology today now don't forget to get two one will not do it you got to encode it on one end and decode it on the other. And this actually works. I tested it. Good to go. My cable will happen to be dark. I'm not running anything else over it. But there's ways to run this over the cable system if you've already got television or even your uh, regular internet on it. There's ways to kind of sidestep it and use these to encode and make sure that you don't um, step on that with filters. What was your Good throughput like? Is this doing like full gigabit? Is it only ten one hundred? I test. I tested it with gigabit Ethernet right now, and I and I tested it with and without, and I saw about a twenty megabytes drop. So I went from like nine ninety to you know nine seventy. Were you using uh, the thicker data coax or the thinner uh, cable stuff? Uh, it was fairly thick. Uh, it was probably hmm. the was a is it the I'm trying to remember this the 56. Oh, I don't actually remember anymore. RG6 was the digital grade like satellite. Yeah, 
Oh, this was RG fifty nine. This was older stuff, right? Okay, yeah, it was. I believe it was RG fifty nine. It was fairly thick stuff. Okay, thin. Yeah. No, it was. It was the lower number is what you want. Well, it's coax. This this was thick, but Hmm. RG six. Well, this was a house. This was a house that was built in the nineties. So whatever they were running around that that time was. Like there was this weird transition period. Remember the digital transition of like two thousand five. That's when yeah. people were being informed, hey, you need RG6. We can't use that RG59 stuff that the cable company left there. But but I've got my gigabooter, my gigahertz, or my megahertz, their thousand megahertz uh, splitter upscaler. You know what I miss? <laughs> it, it, it goes miss from one into four. That's going to work perfectly, right? I miss 900 well, megahertz phones. Those yeah, true. Those were They're so great good. through the walls. Distance way out in the yard, fabulous. down the street. I didn't care. Take oh, the, the wavelength was so long. It would go through brick. <laughs> anyway, this MOAC uh, stuff actually uh, works, and it isn't horrendously expensive. So I didn't even know this option existed. If you've got a room that's wired with coax, try this out. My pick this week, if you've been like on the fence about, like, you know, should I upgrade my system? I mean, more and more games are coming out that can take advantage of more than just like PC speaker sounds. And a lot of people go with the ad lib card. I'm honestly, I'm really impressed with this. This this is the Sound Blaster, and this thing will do. It's fully ad lib compatible. It's got the same chip on it, but it also does digital voice. It does music. That was laying around. I'm like, hey, I'll use that for my pick this week. So, Fun. sorry, I apologize. Solid. Solid. All right. Uh, anything else? gentlemen before we sign off for the week no I'm so I don't know anybody have any tired. Um, weird questions here alright let's, let's officially sign off before we start the after show tune in again next okay. week we'll have more stuff maybe even another graphics card review you never know but uh, until then good night <laughs>